land tax, stamp duty, tenants. Sure, property is great, but there are easier ways to get your passive income, sometimes with franking credits. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in many different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including income-focused funds, which aim to provide yield-hungry investors with attractive income streams. Discover the BetaShares range of ETFs and how simple they can be to invest in by going to betashares.com.au. Read the relevant PDFs and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a podcast by The Rask Group. It's for educational purposes only. So please do not make a financial, legal, investment, or taxation decision based on solely what you hear in this show. Welcome to the Australian Property Podcast. We're on a mission to be Australia's most trusted property podcast. I'm Owen Rask, founder of The Rask Group. I'm Pete Wardgen, author and buyer's agent. I'm Amy Lenardi, and I am a buyer's agent. I'm Chris Bates, ex-financial planner and mortgage broker. Together, we'll take you through every step of your property journey. From first home buyer to decades of property investing. Chris Bates, welcome to this episode of the Australian Property Podcast. Owen, great to chat always, mate. How, how's life? How you been? Good, mate. Good. Yeah, it's always uh, busy, busy when you run your own business, as um, I'm sure you can appreciate right now. Um, for those of you that don't follow Chris on LinkedIn or follow uh, Blusk or any of those things online, um, there's been some really, really big news out over the past week about Chris and a new name of a business, which is Flint Group. So in this episode, we're going to talk to Chris. So I'm just going to ask Chris some questions about basically what's just transpired with his business, his new business partner, and how it's all come together, what it means for the industry. Because Chris, I've seen your mug now on the cover of some magazines by the looks of it. Um, Mate, can you just take us through the last few months and what you've been working on? Yeah, I mean, you kind of said at the start, right, when you are running your own business, it's, uh, you know, you can take things in lots of different directions and um, coming up to 10 years in a few months' time. Um, hmm. So 10 years is a long time, right? <laughs> a lot happens uh, in work and side of outside of work. And, um, you know, we've been considering and I've pivoted lots over the years, you know, I've changed, actually rebranded multiple times. Um, yeah. And uh, as the business is sort of you know, found more and more uh, desire to specialize in certain pockets or, you know, the business has changed in terms of how we're working and who we're working with. And so I guess a conversation that started five years ago in fairness was with a another broker within the industry. I've got lots of friends that, you know, have been doing things in the broking world that I respected and I'd reach out. I've always been one to say, hey, and um, I love what you're doing. Hey, let's grab a coffee. And, um, you know, a guy called Christian Stevens, who's quite well known in the broking world, um, 
and you know uh, we became mates I guess we said what are you doing I'm doing this we were kind of running partners and you know and we're always sort of open source mentality right like open book we don't we don't I'm not worried about competition, you know, but if that's a great idea, I might incorporate that and he would share what he's doing and I'd incorporate that. And it wasn't just with Christian. I was doing this with lots of different brokers. And But him and I, we just stayed in contact a lot and um, we ended up becoming good friends and, you know, the conversation came that, you know, he was leaving Shaw Financial, which is arguably one of the biggest brokerages in the country right now. He was their top broker and he had a desire to sort of do his own thing and his decision was, well, do I start my own thing? start from scratch, bring my team mm. across um, and build my own brand or do I partner with Chris and his team and, you know, rather than running partners, do we do this as business partners? And that conversation was a slow one. We, we didn't rush into it. We had a, had a business coach who was done a lot of work in this space and we went through a full process. It took, you know, six to 12 months to start the conversation and then once we agreed to do it, it still took us you know, three to six months to start to build it. And we're still building lots of things now, the amount of work that we've had to do on lots of different areas. Um, the reason we did it was um, ultimately, you know, we were very similar in many ways. We're, we're very big picture, optimistic, um, you know, positive people that are, you know, see and, and playing the long game in broking. We've, we're both very similar mm -hmm. age and we see ourselves doing this for a long time and we want to help more and more people. Um, but ultimately, uh, combined, we thought we were better and, um, you know, because we had that person to bounce ideas off and I'll calm him down and he'll calm me down at certain times mm. and say, no, 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 that's probably not the right move. And, and we've also got that anchor in the team, which is Ben and John, um, who run the back end of the business. So Blusk is now called Flint or flintgroup.au and uh, it's, it's still business as usual. We've probably got more and more expertise in the team than we ever have now because not only is Christian joining, but... A number of his team members are joining. A number of other uh, people who were not part of his business or I biz, uh, my business are joining as well because they want to be part of this. Um, you know, our team's probably going to be probably over 50 by July 1. Um, it's probably 40 yeah. plus now already. And, um, yeah, and it, it's it's and what we, the approach we're going is most brokers have gone on this silo model, right? So you go to a business, you speak to a broker, and they try to hold your hand across the whole loan process, which is, can be good. But it's also mm. challenging because that broker's switching their hat like constantly. One minute I'm looking at loan docs, one minute I'm trying to find new customers, one time I'm working with an existing customer on repricing. And the broker just the hours in the day just get eaten up by all that. Well, we don't think it's very productive. And, and we also think um, you can be better at certain parts of the process due to your, your strengths and weaknesses as an individual. And some brokers might be great at the strategy, but they're not great at finding customers or, you know, paperwork or their attention to detail. And so... What we've done is is really break down that process, and we're actually going way further um, with this merge. We, we're investing in tech to to power parts that um, humans maybe had to do before. Um, and but the advice we're splitting into lots of different niches. So, I mean, where I really specialize is that sort of family market, the home buying market, the you know helping people think through their property decisions. Um, that's what I absolutely love doing. Christian's had a lot in commercial. He's had a lot of first home buyers. You know. Um, and some of the other guys in digital partnerships and real estate and um, some in the older demographic. Um, and so we're going to have, and different professions, we've got medico specialists to um, other industries and private wealth and things like that. So we're just going to have a team that actually, you know what, I'm not the right person for this. This person could be better off with Sal because it's ultra high net worth and he's had, a, you know, been a private banker for 14 years. And so um, that's mm. our model. It's not a, 
we're all competing a boiler room that's 20 brokers trying to write lots of business no 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 we're we're staying in our lane and we're really doubling down on that problem because that's what we're really passionate about and that's what we care about so you've gone from so we've you and i've spoken obviously for years you obviously co-host the australian property podcast um over the years we've done episodes where we talked about you growing the Blusk business and building that up and being former like a financial advisor for a time and transitioning across. Um, I guess the question is now you've kind of risen, like you were voted the number one broker last year. It's interesting because as far as I'm aware, there's two big industry awards. You won one <laughs> and then Christian won the other one last year. So this is kind of like the two top dogs saying, well, let's just work together and just be even better again and kind of lead the industry. But I guess where I'm going with this question is like now that because you've already achieved so much, the two of you, do you think there's like change coming for how people deal with mortgage brokers or how the industry is made up? Because this, it seems like like this is like a kind of like a force and it's kind of leading the charge to a certain future, if that makes sense. Oh, we absolutely do see it's changing in um, two ways. We think that it's becoming more of a team rather than an individual sport um, and uh you know, we absolutely are going to, you know, when so a client works with us, they work with a whole group of people. And sometimes we, we're trying to work on how do we get the communication better rather than, you know, between each individual. Because if you sell all your information to one person, you know they know it, right, as long as they don't forget it. Yeah. Um, but if you if you have a team, then how does that information transfer person to person seamlessly? Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to use as much tech as we can to do that. Um, uh, but if we can get over that and, you know, the customer's getting a nicer experience because they're dealing with someone who just is, on that right they and they know how to manage that part of the process better than someone who does it you know less times mm. and um so we think that that's how it's changing but we also think technology we absolutely aren't afraid of it we actually are excited by it we are speaking to anyone who's doing anything in mortgage technology or customer experience tech and um and we think that's just going to make our advice better our strategies better um, the way that you get a mortgage is going to be better. Um, and there are going to be like digital loan products that you might not even need to speak to someone. You can, you know, if you are a vanilla situation and more and more things probably will get vanilla because their policies will get broader. Um, and so we want to be at the forefront of that. Um, and, you know, giving clients a really amazing digital experience. Um, and not just now, but ongoing, um, there's been a lot of mortgage tech that's come in around existing clients and reducing uh, and optimizing their rate and reducing any loyalty tax to the banks. And so they're mm. two things. Um, our roles, I mean, you know, when you're a uh, sort of the e-myth, isn't it, right, that book, you know, when you're yeah. a, you love what you do, um, you can't imagine doing anything else. So when I was a financial advisor, I absolutely loved being an advisor. I, I, I mm. still used to get the biggest kick from when a client came to me and the initial meeting was they were confused, they were concerned they're worried they're very nervous exposing their financial situation um calming them down feeling like making them feel in a safe space um getting to know about all their beliefs and their worries and their goals and you know and then them coming out the other side with a bit of an idea of actually know what things aren't that bad actually know what we can take ownership of our financial future that that was and they walk out and that you know shake of the hands and the mm. that that was what drove me right and it still does that drives our advice and we, we absolutely don't want to grow for the sake of quality that's that's without question if i start to see that our values get compromised it's not worth it um but ultimately um we i did fall in love with becoming a bit of a building a team we had a team day yesterday um there was about 15 20 there um 
And, uh, you know, we, we did photos, we went for lunch. It was a very authentic, genuine conversation. Everyone knows about each other and their family and their kids and, you know, genuinely care about each other. Then we went into a Sydney trapeze and we all did some, you know, things that are out of our comfort zone. And that's that's what's driving probably Christian and I now is we want to become leaders and, and mentors for that, you know, everyone in our business um, together with driving great advice. And so I do think um, that's that's just naturally. You're right about the awards. Uh, it's funny though, because when you know, there's usually eight to ten finalists in those things, and they hmm. put you all up on the screen. And um, you know, the the winner of this award is Chris, and then uh, it went Christian, not Chris, that the last award. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, I won it at one national, he won it at the other one, and um, I kind of half stood up, and then I had to sit back down because. <laughs> so that was a, a funny moment um and he came over because he was only a couple of tables away and um and shook my hand and so that was a that was a nice moment that no one knew what was going on behind the scenes but obviously we did <laughs> yeah right that's good um yeah. i guess can like the the a title of a, a recent article was billion dollar brokers how big for people that like, because I know mortgage broking firms measure like the loan size as a sense for people to figure out how much um, like how much money is going through and how much they're processing in terms of, you know, servicing customers and et cetera, et cetera. How big do you think, well, how big were the businesses and how big do you think they can get? Um, look, I think, you know, uh, it's interesting. I think we, as individuals, I don't think we would have been thinking as big as we are as a collective. Um, it's the sort of many hands make light work. You know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go to, you know, further, go together, right? That yep. African proverb. Um, I'm not great at quoting quotes. I never say the right thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, ulti- yeah, ultimately, um, you know, so we have written probably close to $3 billion, if not more, together. Um, you know, how many clients is that? Well, depends on your average. Our averages are higher than the most brokers. And so you'd probably be million plus, but you know, most brokers are probably in that seven, 800,000, which is the Australian public sort of, but even smaller than that, to be honest, because loan volumes, loan averages have gone up dramatically in the last few years. And so yeah. that's another reason why, you know, there's not that many brokers that are written more than a billion. Um, and when you look at us, both of us have gone well over that. Um, and um, we're writing, you know, numbers that will that number's you know, snowballing, right? Like we wrote, I think I wrote six to nine million in my first year as a broker. Like it was, you know, it, yeah, right. it, everywhere start, everyone starts somewhere, right? And so I think, um, yeah, so that, that I mean, how big we can get. The interesting thing is um, uh, the broker industry probably does about 400 to $500 billion of loans a year. It might be a little bit less than that. It does vary quite a lot. Um, so that's refinances. Um, mm-hmm. and new purchases, right? So, and that's sort of the amount of, even though it's a $2.4 trillion home loan market now, that's how many loans there are out there, I think, pretty sure. But for, three to four, $500 billion swaps hands every year. Um, and so you'd think in an industry where swap, you know, three, four, $500 billion of loans, you'd see these big companies, you know, doing lots of loans. Well, there's not many big brokerages. Um, you know, a big brokerage is someone who writes about $2 billion a year. There's only not even that many that do that, might be under five. You know, there's hmm. lots in that. So there's probably about 20 or 30 or something that write about a billion dollars a year. Um, so we're going to be writing probably close to two bill in our first year, maybe 1.5 to two. D- depends on what happens with the markets as well and, and the amount of people that transact. Wow. Um, but that's just pretty crazy that we're already up there. And, and you know, Lendy, you know, recent numbers last week, I think they did seven and a half billion, but that's, that's a bit different. They had a lot of private equity money and they, you know, spent a lot of money on tech and a lot of money on advertising. 
Um, and then you've got like the big franchises, the Aussies, Mortgage Choices, Loan Markets, but they're like really thousands of different smaller businesses that add up to a big number, but it's not yep. one business writing that. Um, and why hasn't there been these big businesses? I think one is that it's been really hard to build them because a lot of it was a local broker model that was a lot of expensive outlaying staff and you, your clients were stuck to your local area. COVID smashed that. Um, a, getting support. Uh, internationally is easier and there's a lot of big ways to do that but b clients are working with you anywhere in the world um and uh that and also the ability to scale with tech you can actually do more with less um and so i think yeah. there's this just this kind you know combination of worlds that are colliding at now where we think um if you set up a business the right way then you could write much bigger numbers um For sure. and so the answer how big we're going to get we're trying to get to 10 bill um, and hmm. that seems a long way away, but hey, who's to say it's not possible, right? If we set up things well, the not right if, way, not if you're already doing what you're already doing. Um, mm. So then I'd imagine like a lot of because it's obviously made pretty big news. Um, I'd imagine a lot of other brokers would come to you and see, ask what you're doing, and try to be part of it. I'm guessing. Yeah, and I think this is a bit of a gap in the industry that um, it's obvious when you, you you sort of see it now, like we can see it and we, we thought it would be the case. But, you know, ultimately uh, people don't really want to start their own business. Right? I remember when I started the business, it's scary, it's risky, it's harder because you've got to start your own brand. You've got so many things to think about. Um, they just want to be in a safe home where they can still build a business, within a business, build an asset, not have to worry about, all those other things and then just really focus on on growing because the, the survivorship rate of any business is really hard it's even harder i think in this world where before people would always work with their mate or their friend or their friend or the local broker i think now people seek out trusted advisors and so they they actually go and figure out who is the best person for this google research articles oh actually i'll just go reach out to them and so it's actually i feel like it's harder now to start a new business it's cheap Absolutely, but it's really hard to find clients. And so there's this gap in the market, I think, for people who do want to grow their brokerages. It's like, you know, I said I wrote six or nine million in the first year. It was a time where I was like 30, 40 mil. They were tough days. Um, and so we want to find the brokers that have you know, really love the industry, love what they do, very good at what they do, um, want to do this long term um, and have a bit of a unique skill set, you know, in terms mm. of their network and where they, they love working. Ideally, a niche where we're not really covering. So a part of the market, whether it's regional, whether it's a type of industry, whether it's a part of the market or a, a service part of the market, first home buyers or foreign expat. Um, and we want to sort of say, well, that's your lane. Let's just go and own it. We think that there's a power in owning a part of the market, not trying to be a broker to everyone. Um, and uh, if they want to come and join us on the on that journey, we'd absolutely. And you know, we launched literally yesterday, and uh, there's probably 50 different brokers have reached out. Um, and it's not to say all of them are going to join, and that's probably absolutely won't be the case. But we do think there's a there's a market where people want to be part of something, and um, yeah, we'd absolutely love for them to join in the fun. It's um, it's really interesting because I've been speaking to a lot of uh, freelancers or solopreneurs the last few weeks and a lot of them do say that I see that with mortgage brokers that they're often just flying by themselves they, like they might cover in my suburb they might cover my suburb and get referrals from like three or four real estate agents in the, the local community but they still just operate by themselves they respond to emails at all hours they're doing all that sort of stuff and they're kind of chasing paperwork 
Um, but like the freelancers and, and the solopreneurs that I've been speaking to, a lot of them are like in a situation where it's been great, you know, trying to do that run your own race, but they still need that connection and they don't want to do everything all the time. Like you said, kind of de-risks a lot of their business to have other people in specialized seats like back office and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's, 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 I'm actually really interested when I first heard that what you were doing, obviously, um, I was uh, I was a bit surprised because I was like, Blusk is going so well. Um, mm. But like as I've learned more about it over the last few weeks, things have started to kind of settle down. I've kind of seen how this could actually cast a much, much bigger, like wider net for you and Christian and the band and the team, the entire team, and make, help you service more people. And it's interesting what you said about how people don't always shop local anymore. And I think that's really important to understand. Like we've, I think I don't know the exact number, but it would have to be about 250 people have started through that funnel between Rask and, and, and Blast now Flint group. Um, and that's because I imagine a lot, a lot of people that listen to this, if they, like they know that you got voted number one, Christian got voted number one, they hear you on the podcast every week, you're out here doing the thing, talking about strategy. It's not hard to then be like, well, I don't need to be, in Sydney with Chris, I can be in Melbourne and work with him. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Um, but not everyone can, like, is, uh, has that luxury, I guess, if you're a broker or whatever. Yeah, like Pete, for example, you know, buyers agents are really hard to scale nationally, um, hence why we don't actually work with one buyers agency. There are buyers yeah. agencies that will say I can buy anywhere in the country or overseas uh, or maybe <laughs> another planet, um, but those buyers agencies um, are not the buyers agencies that you should work with. So not a hard, it's a hard business to scale. You need that local knowledge. You need the experience with agents. The it takes time. Um, and, you know, friends who run buyers agencies, they constantly say, I can't find great buyers agents because it takes years to train. Um, and it's uh, hard to sort of outsource the process a little bit because you've got to be on the ground going to opens. You know, when I start to talk about the property market, real estate agents are the same. Surveyors and lawyers, you know, that's definitely more state-based. Um, but buyers agents can work, uh, mortgage brokers can work nationally. Um, and yeah. ultimately, property fundamentals do apply across um, the country. Now, not every broker is going to have experience in lots of different because they might be a local broker. Um, but while we would definitely know the East Coast really well because we've just had clients buying across up and down it, um, less so much in probably Adelaide and, and Perth. Um but, you know, that's still been growing. You still get learnings. And, you know, to be honest, we lean on buyers agency in those cities anyway, right? Ultimately, we don't have to be the city experts. We, we just understand the fundamentals and then refer on to multiple buyers agents who know the nuts and bolts of, you know, what people, are, the, the locals want. Because I've never lived in Brisbane. I've lived in Melbourne, um, you know, for three mm. years and gr- got, gone back there a lot. My dad still lives there. So I've, you know, lived, I was born there and, you know, I've been going back my all my 20s and, you know, even at least once or twice a year now. Yeah, come so back. I know, yeah, it's a good city, uh, just not <laughs> for six months a year. Um, but uh, <laughs> I do like the do like the warmth. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's there's a lot going on here with this decision. It wasn't you know last thing you want to do is blow up a sink a ship that you've stressed about and you've built and it's going well, um, and you've got a team. But you know also there's a power in scale i can sort of now spend more and more time doing the things i absolutely love because i haven't got to worry about these other things because maybe christian's doing that or maybe ben's doing that or maybe john or craig or alex or and um and we can sort of cut up our business and focus on and that the going on holiday thing is a big thing pre that's one of the issues with you know people starting out and growing teams is that it all falls on them brokerage yeah. is, is very stressful it's 
emotional, biggest transaction of people's lives. Absolutely. They're losing all their savings to buy into this property. They've maybe never gone through the process before. They've heard all these horror stories and people get in their ears and scare them. And then, you know, and then things happen. You know, settlements get delayed. Loan docs get lost. Well, that doesn't happen as much anymore but because all needs signed. But, yeah, issues happen and mm. that you need that person there. And I remember there was times when we were on holidays in Africa and India and I was saying to my partner, now wife, sorry, I've got to get on this. Um, and <laughs> it needs to be sorted now. I need to call the bank at 9 a.m. I know that's 2 a.m. here, but I need to do it because I just didn't have the team. And um, that's one of the things with, with brokerages. And, and building a team is really hard. It's like, who do you hire first? What do you pay them? How are they going to grow? Like, how do you, what do you do next? What happens if they leave? What happens if they start their own? It's this, it's a real, um, I, I guess what's the the analogy there? It's like a minefield of what you get wrong and it can slow yeah. you down because there's a training and we're trying to, take over that because hey we're resourcing that we're growing that dramatically so you can focus on the the thing you like doing is finding customers and and educating them mm. i like it well um now we uh we can officially update all the website uh for people <laughs> that um have been wondering um when will the website get updated it's uh currently still looking like a blusk uh, landing page on our site but if you want to learn more all of that's going to be updated. You can head to, head to flintgroup.au. There will be a link in the show notes uh, for anyone that wants to check out the website. The website is coming in March, uh, but, mate, it's a huge decision for you as a business owner, I can imagine. Like, um, like I've, uh, I'll be honest with you, like growing Rask over these years, I've, I've had these types of things come across my desk or opportunities mm. in times gone by, and um, I know how hard it is to potentially – introduce new blood and new culture into the system and go in a different way or expand and i know it's not always easy to make that decision so congrats to both you and christian and um i think the community the ras community would be much better much much better for having you guys combined and the relationship there and hopefully this year you can both walk up on stage and claim the award of number one broker and they can <laughs> they can just say christian uh, or chris and both okay. of you can walk up and claim it, mate. It's um, it's going to be it's exciting times ahead. So, mate, always a pleasure. Um, appreciate your time and, um, and 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 all the best with it. Absolutely, yeah. The website's coming up in March. Blast is probably the brand, and the website's going to stick around for maybe another month or so while we we transition. Um, the type form in the show notes is absolutely still the best way to get in contact, even though it's on Blast. Um, uh, but you know, behind that now, there's a whole other team of expertise. You know, Sal. Um, started on monday he was a private banker for 14 years he was heading up a big part of another brokerage um he's my private banker personally you know five six years ago um and he right. is a absolute uh encyclopedia on private wealth um and so you know not everyone qualifies for that you know usually it's 500 incomes plus but you know that knowledge in-house is you know game changing for us and those clients that are um, tick those boxes and so that's just a one example i know that probably doesn't to appeal to most people listening to this because it is only 0.1% of the public. But, um, yeah, that's that's this is an insight of what we're trying to achieve here. Um, so cool, thanks man. so much for this chat, Owen. Obviously, I'm not going anywhere. This is uh, going to be continued. We just did a two cents, Pete, um, coming out yep. on Sundays. So um, Plenty more to come. Talk, Plenty talk more to come. Stay yeah. tuned. Australian <laughs> Property Podcast is just going to get bigger and bigger. Hopefully, we'll have Christian on the show soon. Um, and as always, mate, thanks for your time. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for tuning in to the Australian Property Podcast. 
If you love the show, why not subscribe or leave us a review on Apple or Spotify? And if you want to work with me, Amy, Pete or Chris, you'll find links in your podcast player to get in contact with us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Australian Property Podcast. We're huge advocates of getting the right advice at the right time from the right people. That's why it's important to understand that this podcast episode contained general financial information only. It is not designed to be specific or personalized to your financial, tax or legal situation. With property, the check sizes are pretty big, so it's important you get advice from a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information you hear in RAS podcasts. Thanks again for listening. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service. Designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.